Welcome to Puzzling It Out, Thoughts and Perspectives from a Clinical Psychologist. Hello, my name is Dr. Gail Lewis, your podcast host, and a clinical psychologist practicing on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. This is my seventh episode. I haven't been here in a while, sorry about that. But I'm returning with an episode, taking a break from talking about multiple sclerosis. So this topic does apply to the people with whom I work who have multiple sclerosis, but I think it's a topic that all of you, myself included, will likely be able to relate to. And I'm going to talk about worrying, really the uselessness of worrying, but how profoundly we use it in such profundity and in such regularity with such superstitiousness and assertion even that in the act of worrying, we are going to have control over what is going to happen next. As if there's something magical about the act of worrying. For example, if I am waiting the outcome of an exam that I took and I'm not so sure how well I did on it. So I focus my energy on worrying about it and feeling anxious about it and doubting myself and expecting that I'm not going to do very well and expecting the worst. And I, I spend a lot of time putting my energy into that kind of thought process. And if, if I were to be asked why am I doing that, probably my response prior to doing this webcast would be, well, I'm preparing myself so that if in fact I don't do well on it, at least my expectations will have been managed by assuming that I've done poorly on it so that if in fact I do poorly on it, it won't feel so bad. And the truth of the matter is, is that that's utter bullshit because let me repeat that. That is utter bullshit because if you actually, for me, if I actually did badly on this exam, I would be really upset. Um, and all the worrying and all the self-doubt and all the low expectations and all the energy that I put into assuming that I totally screwed the exam up is not going to really do anything to make me feel less shitty about actually doing badly on the exam. It's just going to make it so that I have a longer period of feeling shitty, the period during which I was worrying and perseverating on worrying whether or not I had done poorly, uh, which for me, for many of us, it could be from the time I put my pencil down, that's very telling of my age, uh, turned in my blue book and walked out of the exam room 
wondering how I did until the time I got my exam results back, which could be quite some time, which is a lot of time feeling anxious and shitty. Uh, and then more time feeling shitty and anxious in a whole other kind of way once I get my exam back and, in fact, didn't do well on it. But if, in fact, I spent all that time worrying, anticipating that I did badly, and, in fact, I did much better than I thought, yes, I get to be celebrating, if you will, that I did well, but look at all the time that I wasted anticipating that I was going to do badly, worrying, feeling anxious, feeling self-hate, feeling self-doubt, questioning myself, putting all that energy into that with the assumption, consciously or unconsciously, that in so doing it was going to protect me from feeling badly if I did do poorly on the exam. Well, I just spent all that time putting my energy in that really shitty headspace when I could have been focusing on something else. And I hope that you're smiling as you're listening to this in that you're relating to what I am saying. Uh, and I, I wanted to talk about this because it comes up so often in my practice and it, it comes up so often in my daily life with just people that I interact with, family, friends, um, even strangers on the subway platform waiting for the subway to come, getting really pissed off that it's not coming, and uh, assuming that this is my projection, that the anger they get, that once they come, they'll be relieved and that all of that anger and all of that frustration and all of that rage that the subway system isn't accommodating to his or her needs, all of that energy expended on that is going to be worth it because when the subway comes, you're just going to feel relief, which is quite possible. But look at all the time you spend raging and being pissed off and... Uh, projecting all of this misery uh, onto the people around you and, and on yourself for something that you can't control, which is the purpose of what we think we're doing when we're worrying. We think we're controlling. We think that our worrying has the capacity to control the outcome and our reaction to the outcome and our actual internal emotional state to the outcome. And it doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. Like, I don't know how to be more simplistic about it. It, it doesn't work that way. Um, I worked with somebody a while back who unfortunately um, had some bad experiences trying to get pregnant and very fortunately she was able to get pregnant after many tries and I worked with her throughout that pregnancy 
And because she was so worried that the pregnancy was going to fail and that she would not be able to have the pregnancy to full term and deliver a healthy baby, she experienced, she wouldn't allow herself to experience any joy during the time she was pregnant. She wouldn't allow herself to feel attached to what was growing inside of her. She only allowed herself to feel doubtful and frightened and anticipating the worst, which we talked about as self-protective acts. But I also pointed out that there was so much she was missing out on because of her need to attached to the idea that if she expressed some hope and some joy and even some momentary enjoyment that somehow that would um, that would result in some very detrimental effect on her pregnancy as if the good feelings had that kind of power and had that kind of control. And in the reverse, in her mind, feeling doubtful, feeling worried, feeling anxious all the time, experiencing no joy, allowed her to feel like she had control over what might happen if the pregnancy were to fail, what might happen in terms of her reaction to it. And thank God she didn't have to go through an experience of anything negative. Um, she delivered a healthy baby and both are thriving. Um, but she spent nine months in a state of panic and worry and joylessness during a time when, while many women don't enjoy a lot of the feelings about being pregnant because of just hormonally and physically what it can do to your body and what it might feel like to your body, for many, Hopefully for most, the idea of bringing a new life into this world and carrying this new life is overpoweringly amazing and wonderful and wordless. And to not allow yourself to experience that because you're afraid that if you do, then if you're disappointed, then somehow you jinxed it by letting yourself be joyful is irrational. Um, it's just plain irrational. And, and I, I rarely 
talk about rationality and irrationality in my work because when it comes to processing feelings and when it comes to processing one's emotional state, it has nothing to do with being rational. Um, it, and it's not really worth it, in my professional opinion, to try to process things in terms of what's logical or what's not logical for most of the time. Of course, there are times when reality testing is necessary and very useful in what is being dialogued in a session. But when it comes to the idea and the nuances that people apply to the act of worrying, there's nothing logical about it even though people do see it as a logical thing and as a rational thing and nothing to be seen as irrational. And in terms of my, my patients who have MS, how I often see this come up is when we're talking about what you know, whether it's at a time of diagnosis or at a time where there is some point of disease progression or just talking about multiple sclerosis um, as a disease itself. It is a very unpredictable disease, as many are, um, and the unpredictability of multiple sclerosis I have found is one of the most difficult aspects of living with and managing living with the disease because you really don't know what's going to happen. You could do all of the things your doctor tells you to do. You can take your disease modifying treatments at the beginning of your diagnosis as you are told these days. You can try to manage your stress levels. You could try to exercise and engage in healthy living habits and try to do things to adapt to your new body limitations in ways that allow you to have a full life, etc., etc. And your disease can still progress. And People worry about what is going to come. And I often find that the biggest worries that people have when it comes to their MS is that there are a few. One is that they're going to be in a wheelchair at some point. They're going to be non-ambulatory. Another is that their cognitive functions are going to fail them. Uh, and... A global one, which includes those two, is that they are going to be completely reliant on another person and to take care of them, and they do not want to put that burden on another person. And they spend a great deal of time expending energy worrying about what if these things happen? What if? What if? What if? And... The truth of the matter is that these things might happen. But then again, they might not. And I will often 
as I'm processing this, say that, and I, I don't mean to be so glib and callous, but I will often say, well, you can also walk out my office and walk into the street and get hit by a bus. Uh, my point being is that there are so many things in life that we can't control. Um, we can control whether or not when we're crossing the street we look both ways. Hopefully a bus isn't speeding down the road and we can cross safely. And we can manage how we live and how we comport ourselves and how we manage ourselves in our lives. But we can't control, for example, the disease course of multiple sclerosis. And we can't control whether or not we scored an A on an exam, except if you studied really hard and you got all the answers right, you're likely to have scored an A on the exam. Um, but all you can do is manage how you answer the questions on the exam and manage your anxiety in answering the questions on the exam. And that's really all you can do. And then it's out of your hands. And I think the idea of things being out of our hands causes a lot of panic. And most things in life are out of our hands. Most things in life we have no control over. We only have control over ourselves. We do not have control over other people in our lives as much as we might want to. We don't have control over how other people respond to us. We don't have control over what's happening politically, what's happening ecologically, what's happening globally. We can contribute to making changes in all of these things. We can contribute to making an impact in our own way, but there are always so many other variables that are involved that we can spend hours worrying about, but our worrying is going to do nothing to change those things and to change the outcome of those things. Action, involvement, those kinds of things have a greater capacity to impact what's going to happen next versus being in a state of stasis and worrying and projecting the worst that is going to happen. And before I get even more repetitive, I just want to emphasize that I think it's really important that we think about how we spend our time and how we spend what we could be doing with our time and our energy and our emotional resources instead of worrying. Maybe that's a really good question to ask yourself. If I wasn't worrying, what else could I be doing? Because in asking yourself that, there's a recognition that your worrying is doing nothing but injuring yourself. I promise you, your worrying is controlling nothing except your state of self-doubt, self-hate, immobility, and that's it. 
It's not going to affect the outcome of anything external to you. It is not. And this is something that I urge you to give some thought to. And I realize that it's not going to mean you're not going to worry. I think human beings have just a tendency to go there. But maybe it can help you stop the process sooner and find ways to use your energy more productively for yourself and not focus so much on thinking that this energy expenditure of imagining that if I think about it and if I focus on this thing, it's going to affect the change of what's going to happen or the outcome of what's going to happen. Instead of doing that, which once again has no benefit, none, none to the outside world and certainly not to yourself. If you can use that time and energy to focus on something else and recognize that whatever the outcome is, you can deal with it. Have faith in yourself that you will find a way to deal with it. And if you have a hard time dealing with it, find someone to help you deal with it. And I don't necessarily mean find a therapist. I mean, find someone to talk to about it. Find someone to talk it out with. Uh, in the example that I started with, with an exam, if you did badly on the exam, talk to your teacher. Uh, find out what happened. Find out if there's a way that you could have done better. Find out if there's a way going forward that you could study differently or that you can approach the material differently. Try to find a way to learn from the experience. But that's the after part of worrying. But just think about the amount of time that you spend worrying. And this comes from someone who is an excellent warrior. I am so amazing at it. And I make an effort all the time to limit how much energy I spend doing that, particularly when it comes to how I want other people to respond and to be in response to me um, and as I have gotten wiser and older and more knowledgeable I have come to realize recognize and take responsibility for the fact that as much as I want someone to respond a particular way and I worry that they won't or maybe <laughs> I worry that they will it's not going to do anything it's not going to do anything to control them. And then I asked myself the question, well, is my, my worrying trying to control them, really? But I want them to try to be controlling me? No. And just to clarify, I'm emphasizing that worrying is about trying to be in control. And it doesn't do that. It actually makes us less in control. It actually makes us feel more incapacitated. I'm going to leave you there. I hope that you will give this some thought.
I hope that you will try to find ways to think about how worrying exists in your life and how you use it and to think about the times you have worried and really what it's actually done for you. And if you feel that it has been productive, email me. My email is on my website, which is at drgaillewis.com. Um, and if you found that it isn't productive, you can email me too. You can always contact me on my website if you have any opinions about this. On my podcast, there's a place for comments. I hope that this is an opportunity for you to think. That would be that would be the greatest outcome for me of doing this particular podcast is that I want you to think. I want you to think about worrying and how not to give it so much power. Thanks so much for listening. Until my next episode, take care. Bye-bye.